0: Chapter 205 of Varney the Vampire, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Varney the Vampire, Volume 3, by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter 205 A Midnight Alarm, The Chase, The Mystery. Young Ringwood did awaken about two hours afterwards and the state he was in, although not such as to create alarm, was not pleasing to Dr. North. That gentleman desired that he should be carefully watched and kept quiet, while he went to his own house for some medicines. He returned as soon as he possibly could, and administered such remedies as he considered the urgency of the case required, and having, as he always made a practice of doing, left word at his own house where he was, he offered to remain at the Grange the whole of the night. It was scarcely necessary to say that such an offer was most gratefully accepted. Clara was profuse in her acknowledgments of the doctor's kindness, and they all passed the evening together in the large dining-room to which Varney was first introduced. Not, however, for a long time had so gloomy an evening been passed at the Grange as that. Nobody was in spirits, and although there was a great deal of conversation, it somehow assumed always a very somber shape let it commence on what subject it might. Half-past ten o'clock was the usual hour at which the family retired for the night, and it was quite a relief to every one when that hour came, and Sir George ordered lights for the bedchambers. Clara, indeed, being much oppressed, had retired some time before, and so had Emma, so that there were none but gentlemen in the dining-room at half-past ten. "'I have ordered a bed to be prepared for you, close to your patients,' said Sir George to Dr. North. "'Oh, thank you, but I shall only lie down in my clothes. A couch would have done just as well. I am used to sitting up all night upon occasion.' "'No doubt, but I hope you will not be disturbed, and that to-morrow morning we shall have a better account of your patient.' I hope so, too. A good calm night's rest may do much. You speak doubtingly. Why, in these cases it is difficult to know the extent of injury. There is no fracture of the skull, but it is as yet impossible to say what amount of shaking he has had. Well, we can but hope for the best. Mr. Smith, although we retire at this early hour, there is no sort of occasion for you to do so. Order what wines you please, and sit as long as you please. By no means, Sir George, I am a great patron of early hours myself. Varney was shown into a bedroom which was upon the same floor with those of the family, and which formed one of a range of chambers, all opening from a corridor that ran the entire length of the house, and which in the daytime was lighted by a very large, handsome window at one end, while at the other was a broad flight of stairs ascending from the lower part of the house. The sisters occupied contiguous chambers, and then there was an empty room, and next to that again was the bedroom in which was Ringwood, and then Dr. North's. Exactly opposite was Barney's room, and close at hand slept the son's, while Sir George himself occupied a room at the furthest corner of the corridor. Emma made Clara an offer to sleep with her that night, as she was in grief and anxiety, but this Clara would not permit, for she could not think of sacrificing her sister's repose to attend upon her. "'No, Emma,' she said, "'I will hope for the best and strive to rest.' They bade each other affectionately good night, and shortly afterwards retired to their separate apartments. By eleven o'clock all was still in the house. Dr. North had begged a book from the library, for he thought it likely enough that he should not be able to get much repose, and with that he sat in his room, the only one, as he thought, in all the house who was not in bed. He continued reading for about an hour, and then, after visiting his patient and finding him asleep, he thought it would be just as well for him to pull off his boots and his coat, and lie down on the bed to snatch a few hours sleep. He performed all the operations, but the final one, the sleeping, For scarcely had he lain down when he heard a soft sliding sort of noise close to the room door, he thought, and he sprung up in a sitting posture to listen to it. Who's there? he cried. There was no answer, and jumping off his bed, he took the light which he had not put out and opened his door. All was deserted and still in the corridor. Imagination or some accidental noise that I am not familiar with said the doctor as he closed his door again. Down he laid himself, and he was just upon the point of getting to sleep, when he heard a scratching sound, as he thought, upon the very panel of the door of his room. Up he sprang again, and this time without the delay of asking who was there. He opened his door, and looked out into the corridor, holding the light above his head so as to diffuse its rays as much as possible. But he saw no one, "'and all the other doors were close shut. "'A plague take it,' he said. "'I may keep myself at this sort of thing all night, "'if I am foolish enough. "'It is a cat, perhaps, for all I know. "'However it may scratch away, I won't move again.' "'Shutting the door, he lay down, "'now fully determined that he would not move, "'unless something very much out of the common way, indeed, "'should take place. "'Again he started.' there was a curious sound about the lock of his door, and he listened intently. Now, what on earth can that be? All was still, and he nearly dropped asleep. Twice, however, he thought he heard the sound again, but he would not move, and in a few minutes more he was enjoying a sound repose. How long this repose lasted he had no means of telling, for he was suddenly awakened by such a cry that at first he lay overpowered completely by it, and unable to move. It was a loud shrieking cry, such as might come from any one in a most dreadful agony. "'Good heaven!' he cried. "'What's that?' Now Dr. North was not a fearful man, nor a nervous one, and he soon recovered. Besides, such a cry as that, he knew very well, must have the effect of arousing everybody in the house, so he sprung out of his bed and rushed to the door. It was fast. In vain he tried the lock, and hammered at it and pushed. The door was a thick and heavy one, and it was quite clear he was a prisoner. This was serious, and he cried out, Help! Help! Here, undo the door! Undo the door! Who has locked me in? He heard the scraping of feet, the sound of voices, the ringing of bells, and all the symptoms of a suddenly disturbed and alarmed household, but nobody paid any attention to him. He dragged on his boots, in order that he might be able to keep up a constant kicking on the lower part of his door, and he did keep it up with a vengeance. At length he heard voices close to his door, and someone cried, "'Open the door, sir, open the door!' "'Open it yourself,' said Dr. North. "'You have fastened it on the outside, I suppose.' There was some further running about, and then with a crash the door was forced open with a crowbar, and upon emerging from the apartment, the doctor found assembled in the corridor the whole family, with the exception of the two girls, and several servants half-dressed bearing lights. "'What's the matter?' cried Sir George. "'What's the matter?' "'Ah,' the doctor said, "'that's what I want to know.' "'Yes, why, why, you made all the disturbance.' I beg your pardon, there was a scream came from somewhere, and when I tried to come out to find what it was, my room door was fast. That's all I know about it. Bang, 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 came now a sound. Bang, 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 and all eyes were turned in the direction of the chamber occupied by Mr. Smith, and they heard his voice from within, shouting in loud and frightened tones. Help, help, is it fire? Open my door, help, help. "'Do you lock in your guests here? Help!' "'Why, God bless me,' said Dr. North. "'That gentleman is locked in likewise.' "'But it can't be,' said Sir George, "'for all the keys of these doors are in the library in a drawer. "'The fact is, we none of us fasten up our bedrooms, "'and the keys were all removed years ago.' "'Help, help, help!' cried Mr. Smith. "'Break the door open,' said Sir George.' This is inexplicable to me. I cannot make it out in the least. The same crowbar that had been brought by one of the servants to bear upon the door of Dr. North's room was now applied to that of Mr. Smith, and it soon yielded to the force of the lever that was used with strength and judgment. Mr. Smith, partially dressed and with a rather terrified look, emerged. "'Good God!' he said. "'I wish you wouldn't lock me in. What has happened?' I heard a shriek that woke me up, as if the last trumpet had sounded. "'My daughters, are they safe?' cried Sir George. He flew to the door of Clara's room. It yielded to his touch. "'Clara! Clara!' he called. "'I am paralyzed,' said Dr. North, "'and so are you, sir. Come in.' He seized a light from one of the servants, and with a presentiment that there was to be found a solution of at all events, the mystery of the dreadful shriek that had alarmed all the house, he dashed into the chamber of the young girl, followed by the father. End of chapter 205